Here's everything you might have missed in the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer. Welcome back to Nerdist News, I'm Dan Casey, and today we're breaking down the latest trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Our Kang watch is in full effect as we learn just how powerful this Conqueror really is in the brand new trailer. We're gonna break it all down for you in just a moment, but if you wanna go into this film knowing the opposite of Baskin Robbins, leave now while you still can. Baskin Robbins always finds out. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? The latest Quantumania trailer seemingly gives away a lot about what's gonna happen in this film. Not only does it appear to be one of the darkest Marvel movies yet, it can leave one or more of our heroes lying dead by the wayside. Well, until like, Secret Wars, probably. The trailer opens with more shots of San Francisco, transitioning to shots of Scott Lang being recognized in public and treated like the celebrity that he is. As we know, Scott has gone public about his life as Ant-Man. On Ms. Marvel, he did a tell-all podcast for this powered life called Big Me, Little Me, and in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, a news Chiron mentioned his autobiography, Scott Lang, Look Out for the Little Guy. So finally, Scott will get the same level of recognition that Hulk did back in Avengers Endgame. Do you want to grab one with me? I'm Ant-Man. Things take a turn for the Sinister almost immediately as Kang lays out Ant-Man's central conflict in this story. Kang notes that Scott has lost a lot of time, referencing both the periods he spent in prison and trapped in the Quantum Realm. Scott has basically been absent for much of his daughter Cassie's life, and Kang's offer of a second chance is going to tempt Scott to make some ill-advised decisions. We know from the first trailer that Kang needs Scott's help, and we have a whole video about what exactly Kang would need from Scott and why he'd need someone with Scott's unique set of skills, including, but not limited to, shrinking real small, growing real big, breaking and entering, and close-up magic. Close-up magic. I learned that. What Kang offers Scott in exchange for his help, though, is something that's truly irreplaceable time. Specifically, more time with his daughter Cassie, more time to make those memories with her, and make up for all the time that he's lost. And it seems like the Quantum Realm could be the key to unlocking that time and those memories. According to Screen Rant, in the Art of Ant-Man and the Wasp book, concept artist Jackson Z revealed that an early version of the Quantum Realm functioned as a quantum memory palace. It let people use their own memories as a means to travel through time and change history. Later, Scott looks through a mysterious portal into the past at a memory of Cassie as a child. Clearly, Scott is all screwed up about this. We even see young Cassie's photo is still his phone background. Meanwhile, current day Cassie, she's taken after her dad in the worst way possible by getting arrested. Oh no, the fuzz! Later on, we see Cassie in her purple stinger armor, inspired by her appearance in Astonishing Ant-Man number six. She's also peering into what appears to be a giant portal of blue and golden light. Maybe this is a window into her own past? Only time will tell. As Kang makes Scott an offer he can't refuse, we see shots from the first trailer of Cassie's two-way quantum radio. This is the literal plot device that sucks everyone back into the quantum realm. Now, based on Cassie's regretful tone later in the trailer, she clearly blames herself for everything bad that's happening to the family over the course of this movie. We also get our best look yet at Kang's Conqueror regalia. The blue tinge to his skin is an energy field that deploys to protect him in battle. It also leaves a residue of presumably chronal energy around his eyes. They initially continue to glow blue. Kang also has two large prominent scars on his face, which if you remember, He Who Remains did not have in Loki. That's going to be helpful to differentiate among the inevitable Kang-Vulcata variants we'll meet over the course of phase five and six. 
In the overhead shots of Chronopolis, we can see it looks like the gears of a giant clock, and this helps hammer home Kang's claims to be able to control or give more time. It also harkens back to Kang's line from the first trailer about how this place isn't what you think. In the comics, Chronopolis is powered by a device known as the Heart of Forever. It's a transchronal engine that anchors Chronopolis across different timelines. It lets Kang alter these timelines without creating new branch timelines, because Chronopolis is basically a constant across all of them. In the first trailer, we saw Kang placing a glowing orb into a battery-like housing. We speculated that could be the heart of forever. The implication here is that this power source has been drained, and it needs to be jump-started at a microscopic level, or made larger using something powerful like Pym particles. Now, clearly something is very wrong with Kang's version of Chronopolis, and this could be connected to those damaged portions of the quantum realm we see later in the trailer. We see this mysterious orangey-red area that appears to be the edge of the quantum realm as we know it. The platform that Scott and company are standing on appears to be damaged, and maybe this was once a gateway to another part of the multiverse and they need help to repair it. Now, if you look closely at the design of Chronopolis, the center of Kang City appears designed to focus power, and this could be connected to that large orange portal in the sky. It appears to be similar in design to the incursion events that we saw in Multiverse of Madness, and as we know, as we head towards Secret Wars, those will become increasingly important. Or maybe we're just getting Ralph Bonard, and as one of our viewers' music lover mentioned in our first trailer breakdown, it could be as simple as having a master thief like Scott Lang steal back something that was stolen from Kang. His time chair, a device that Kang uses to travel through space and time. And who could have stolen it? Well, later on in the trailer, we see a familiar fleshy face, a human Funko Pop accompanying Scott, Kang, Cassie, and those soldiers with those weird blue opaque masks. This is MODOK, or the mental organism designed only for killing, if you're nasty. While we see the masked variant that was leaked via toy tie-ins later in the trailer, it looks like our own Hector Navarro hit the nail on the head with his Instagram detective work back in 2021. It's me. MODOK appears to be played by Corey Stoll, who you may remember as Darren Cross, the villainous yellow jacket in the first Ant-Man film. I got you, Evangeline Lilly. I got your ass. And this tracks with director Peyton Reed's comments to Screen Junkies back in 2018. He said, if you watch his death in the first Ant-Man, the suit is compromised. He shrinks and goes into a thing. I mean, he could be somewhere down in that quantum realm. And what's the last part of Darren Cross to get sucked into the quantum realm? His head. That could explain how his body was irrevocably altered in the process. Now, MODOK's suit appears to have a small green biomonitor on the front to record his vitals, or maybe serve as a speaker of sorts. He also has a red crystal on his forehead that, in the comics at least, let him channel his mental abilities into powerful energy beams. And while it appears like MODOK could be one of Kang's lieutenants here, given the axe he has to grind with Scott Lang and Hank Pym, he could wind up trying to betray basically everyone involved to seize power or a chair for himself. Now, whatever Kang really wants here, Scott clearly needs to be careful, because Janet warns that Kang can literally rewrite existence and shatter timelines. And based on the tagline of the movie, Witness the Beginning of a New Dynasty, it seems like Kang's goal is in fact to shatter timelines and create a new dynasty where he rules across the multiverse. Now, whether this is accomplished through building an army of Kang variants or melding the multiverse through incursion events into one massive kingdom he can rule over in Secret Wars, that remains to be seen. But either way, it's bad news bears for our heroes in the meantime, especially if your name is Scott Lang. Hey, how about the fact that I fought an Avenger and didn't die? 
So, how will Ant-Man accomplish whatever mission he's on for Kang? By using ant physics, of course! Initially, we see Scott split into two versions of himself, and it's unclear if these are variants or quantum copies or echoes of himself across the time-space continuum, kind of like Diavolo on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Eventually, though, Scott gets split into hundreds and hundreds of copies of himself, and much like he does with ants, he makes them form a tower crawling all over each other to help him access what appears to be the interior of a device like Chronopolis in its final form, or whatever that blue orb in the first trailer actually is. Now, inside whatever this device is, it appears that Scott is about to fire something into that massive gyrosphere. Maybe they're pin particles to shrink it or embiggen it. And the writing on these golden rings inside this device appear to be the same font as the original Quantumania logo, which Janet also decodes when they go into that bar in the first trailer. It also bears a visual similarity to the circular golden design seen in Eternal, so maybe there's a connection here to the Celestials as well. Alternately, these rings also bear a similarity to the Ten Rings from Shang-Chi, and we know those Ten Rings were sending out a signal across the universe to sources unknown. So maybe this signal is being sent into the Quantum Realm as a means to tether Kang to reality, or give him coordinates from where to emerge when he finally breaks free from his quantum prison that Janet Van Dyne clearly had a hand in crafting. Anyway, at a certain point, it's gonna be no more Mr. Nice Kang as he tells Scott to comply or everything you call life will end. This could be connected to the shots we see of ships crashing over Chronopolis, Kang scrambling his army, and lashing out in a fury shooting energy blast at the end of the trailer. We know from the first trailer that Scott, Hope, and Cassie will kick some Chronopolitan ass before the day is done. We also see Kang's forces launch a bombing raid on a village, maybe an underground resistance in the Quantum Realm, or allies of Janet, like Bill Murray's character, who's confirmed to be Krylar by the film's official synopsis. You know, Krylar, the green dude in the microverse who appeared in a single issue of The Hulk? Yeah, Krylar! He's back. In one shot, we see what appears to be a wounded Janet holding on to Hank, and later we see what looks like Kang beating Ant-Man to death inside the command deck of a ship or the central observatory in Chronopolis. Now, presumably one or more of our heroes are going to die in this movie, but as for who? Well, guess what? We've got a video just for you! It's in the comments below. Now, for Scott, it's all part of the plan. Well, maybe not dying, or the part where Kang reneges on their deal and takes Cassie hostage to use his leverage, rather to seemingly destroy the device that Kang needs to escape the Quantum Realm and ensure there are no winners in this conflict, only losers. Now, obviously, this isn't going to stop Kang for long. I mean, he's gonna be in a couple more movies, but it could prove to be a major setback for this multiversal malcontent. When we hear Scott apologize to Cassie, maybe that's because he failed his mission, or because he completed it against his will. Either way, it seems like this film is setting up Scott to sacrifice himself, leaving others to warn the outside world of the coming threat clawing its way out of the Quantum Realm. Also worth noting is the bandolier of vials of blue liquid or energy on Kang's belt. Could these be pim particles designed to make people larger that he takes from Scott and company? That would certainly be one way out of the quantum realm. Just get like so big you break through or climb through one of those wormholes in the sky. Of course, I'm sure the real answer is much more complicated than that, but they're worth keeping an eye on nonetheless. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That's everything we spotted in the latest Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer. We'll have even more theories and deep dives for you in the days ahead, but for now, tell us, what did you think of this trailer? Did you spot anything that we missed? Baskin Robbins always finds out. Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.